Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. On today's episode, I talk with a good friend and great coach, Matt Arafat. Coach Arafat is the defensive coordinator at San Antonio Brennan High School. He is also the creator of the internet coaching sensation last year, Chalk Wars. We talk about starting Chalk Wars, when it's coming back, and why there was a charitable piece to the puzzle. We also talk about Coach Arafat's start and coaching after spending time in the financial sector. There are a lot of great nuggets in this episode we discuss. Make sure to take notes. It's a really great one. Enjoy today's episode. Make sure to follow Coach Arafat on Twitter at Matt Arafat, as well as follow Chalk Wars for updates. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm finally able to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that uh, created an, an internet sensation last year. No, I'm not talking about Marco Regalado. We already did that one. I'm talking about the Chalk War King, Coach Matt Arafat, defensive coordinator at San Antonio Brennan High School. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, Pete? I appreciate you, man. I, I don't know about I don't know about all that, but uh, that's quite the intro. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I know this has been it's been a while. You and I have been trying to go back and forth, trying to get this done. I'm glad we're finally able to knock this sucker out. No doubt, man. No doubt. So so we got to come off the bat hot, man. Like the obviously the biggest question is when's Chalk Wars coming back? And we were talking a little off off air pre record. Um, about some things and, and such, but, uh, you know, let's go ahead and give the people what they want to know. Yeah, no. So, uh, like we were saying, you know, I was talking to Pete before this, the, uh, for those of you guys that know about Chalk Wars, it was, you know, six nights a week from, you know, April all the way to the start of the football season. And then we had the normal grind of the football season. And then, you know, we were fortunate enough to go, uh, three rounds deep in the playoffs. And then, once the season ended, it was you know, kind of right into the holidays. And then we got right into spring football and, you know, right off the bat, you know, everyone was like, when's it coming back? Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? We're going to do it. And, and to be honest, the thought of getting that started again, I just like couldn't go there mentally because it was such a, it was such a big deal. You know, every single night, you know, I think we said, shoot, the, the schedule said we we're going to go to like 10 o'clock every night or whatever, 11 o'clock every night. But I mean, we went to one o'clock to almost every single night. And so um, it is coming back. 
Uh, we, we literally just finished our spring football uh, on Friday of last week. And so this week we got finals and then you know, we're into summer next week. And so it is coming back this summer. Uh, I don't have a, a official day for you yet, unfortunately, uh, but it is coming back. But uh, yeah, I just I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it at the time. I spread too thin. No doubt, man. I think that's that's important that, that you know, people understand, um, you know, and if they don't understand, then uh, <clears throat> they need to reevaluate some priorities. But, uh, you know, let's just kind of stay on the chalk war topic. You know, what spurred the idea? Obviously, we're all sitting at home this time last year. We're wondering if we're going to have a season. What's going to go on? Right. It's March. Um, things are popping up, right? Zooming all the time. It's and now it's April. And all of a sudden, here comes Chalk Wars. So so how did that get born um, into what it was? Yeah, so so I honestly can't take credit for it. Uh, Coach Adam Harvey, uh, who at the time, I think he was still at Steel. I'm not sure. Um, oh, but yeah, I think he still was. Everyone in, yeah, everyone in the San Antonio area uh, knows Coach Harvey from what, you know, you know, what he's done at Steel. And you know, he's at Hutto now doing really good things. Um, but actually one night he reached out to me, you know, he's, he's a big, you know, he's big water, right? So he's got all the connects. And one night he reached out to me and, and asked if I want to be a part of a Zoom that he was going to have with a couple guys uh, where they were going to do like a little situational battle. And I, I couldn't even, I can't remember the coach that he had me going against, but it was uh, basically he said, you know, I'm going to give you a situation. I think mine was like red zone or something. And, you know, you're going to drop a play. He's going to drop a play. And we're going to talk about it. And so, you know, I'm going to my garage and join the Zoom and we did it. And we, we probably went for, it wasn't that long. We probably went for about an hour and all of us got our play in. And, you know, when I got off the call, I was looking forward to it so much. Um, you know, my favorite part of coaching, to be honest with you, is the scheme, is the strategy, is the weekend. I love the weekend. It's my favorite part of it. And, so this was kind of like right up my alley in the the rationale for your play call, uh, what your play call is, um, all that. And so I loved the idea uh, that he, he he really came up with. And I just kind of took it a uh, step further. Uh, a couple other buddies uh, in San Antonio, we did it the next night and then we did it the next night and we did it the next night. And then kind of as a joke, not as a joke, but as a test, we said, let's let's put this out there on Twitter at the, you know, and see if we get any traction. And to be honest with you, I didn't, didn't expect it to get much. And literally like that first, you know, whatever Zoom's limit is, I think, I think at the time it was like 50 people. It was maxed out. So then I upgraded it to the, the next one, which was like uh, 200 people and it maxed out. And then I had to upgrade to like the Mondo package because it, it just kind of caught fire. Um, and, and we were, I was going to do it once a week and then it was twice a week and I had to do it three times a week. And then you know, before you know it, my wife, my poor wife, um, <laughs> we're doing, I'm doing it six nights a week. And um, it just kind of, you know, every, every day, every show, every week, someone would have a suggestion. And, um, you know, over the, the quarantine, it just kind of evolved. And what started as kind of like a scheme strategy competition show turned into um, kind of like a social night. Uh, if that makes sense, you know, I, I have never been, um, we can get probably get into this a little bit later, but I've never been a big, uh, networking guy. Right. And so like when we go to clinics, AFCA or, 
you know, coaching school here in Texas or any of that stuff. I think it's just me, but I've always felt like sleazy trying to like talk to people. I always, cause I've always been low guy. You know, I, I, I feel like maybe it's just like, uh, my personality, but I feel like people don't really want to talk to me. They, they look at the name tag and they're like, Oh yeah, he's not a big name. I'm looking for somebody else. And I'm not trying to get a job. I'm honestly just trying to learn. And so for whatever reason, I've just never been a big networking guy. And so the show, I say the show, Chalk War ended up being a really cool networking tool for me. There, every night there was a group of probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 guys that were regulars. And then as we invited guests in, they kind of brought new guys. And so every week there was like a new, uh, new blood fresh, um, every single week. And by doing it, you know, almost every single night, you know, um, the, the chalkboard following, um, you know, became kind of like this brotherhood that I had never really had. I worked in finance, uh, for seven years before I got into coaching. I don't have, I didn't play college football. I have any connections in, in, in football. And so like, like I said, I was never, I'm never, I was never in the cool club. I was never part of the, you know, the coaching uh, circles, the cool ones. And this like got me in the door with a bunch of like guys that I follow and respected around the state of Texas. And not only that, obviously this thing like pushed it nationwide and, you know, there's guys overseas and it was just, it was, it was such a blessing. It really was. And then, you know, the, the charity aspect of it was, was, uh, was really neat. Um, I got a lot out of that. Um, a couple of years before, I want to say it was, it was at least one year, maybe two. Um, I had been like everyone on the prowl for all 22 film. So like now, you know, like anyone can get all, all 22 film, but you know, I was like two, three years ago, it was very difficult to get it. And so I had built up a decent little library and I think it was a Texas high school football chat that was doing like the 12 days of Christmas or something like that. And one night, one night, the theme was um, like giving something away or whatever. And it inspired me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give away all my all 22 film. And um, when people ask for what you want to return, I'm just going to tell them to make a, a contribution to a charity. And so I chose St. Jude and I expected, you know, a couple people to respond when I put that out there on Twitter. Cause I, this was before chocolates and no one knew who I was. And like, as soon as I put it on Twitter, like, Hey, send me a couple, send St. Jude's a couple bucks and I'll give you all my ultimate two film. Like coach Gower, like a bunch of my buddies were like, dude, you don't know what you just did yourself because I was like bombarded by people asking for the film, but which was tough to get it all out, obviously. But the, the, the personal heartwarming stories that I heard and, you know, people saying, you know, I lost my daughter to cancer. This is really cool. Or, my wife and I donate a percent of our salary to this. You know, this is so cool. And I got a, so many people uh, got back to me with um, these really, really awesome stories that um, that feeling that I got of um, gratitude from them really kind of planted the seeds for, I think, in this profession, in any profession, but especially in coaching, Sometimes your greatest blessings happen when you don't ask for anything in return. And so when Chalk War started to gain traction, um, I wanted that again. And so I was like, you know what? We're not going to accept sponsorship. I'm not going to monetize this in any way. I'm not going to do any of this stuff. I want this to be a place where coaches can come on here and we can chop it up with each other and we can 
throw out schemes and we can be judged. We can put our, our knowledge out there and be judged in front of whoever. And at the same time, raise some money for, for a good charity. And so, you know, I think we raised, I forget the exact, it was over like 11,000 bucks, but we raised a good amount of money over the course of quarantine uh, for various charities. Um, and so it was just, like I said, it was such a blessing. It was really cool. Everyone, you know, came to me and they're like, thank you so much for doing this. But to be honest, I, I, it sounds cheesy, but like the, it was the blessings were all on my side from the whole deal. So it was a really neat experience. Uh, I love that part that, uh, that you did, um, you know, and the thing about coaching, the coaching profession, right? We're, we're all copycats of each other and, and, you know, you encouraging the donation um, side of things, you know, that inspired me uh, on a couple of those <clears throat> like defensive line roundtable things that I had. I made sure to tag, you know, I, I think I did one for autism awareness, um, working in special education. Uh, I, I've, I've dealt with, I, I've worked with, um, I've, I've been the case manager for, um, you know, autistic children. Uh, that is something that is, is in my family extendedly. Um, you know, I, ha I have a cousin um, who's on the spectrum. So, you know, for me, that that's that's a cause that's kind of near to me. Uh, but then, I, you know, like I think everybody has somebody affected by cancer within yeah. a, a degree of separation. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. Every week there was somebody that, that said, um, you know, regard and we did the whole it wasn't just cancer. It wasn't like yeah. we did. I mean, as you know, we did everything, you know, whatever you could think of. We, we, we tried it, it. It felt like. And. And like you said, everyone's touched directly or indirectly in some way to someone that's been impacted by some of this stuff. And so, you know, there were several guys that, that they straight out straight up told me the only reason I'm doing this, I'm competing, is to help you raise some money for this. And that's cool. You know, like, and um, I don't know. So, yeah, it was, it, again, it was another uh, example of um, that we've seen 10 times over throughout this pandemic through Twitter, through this I mean, I, I can tell you, I mean, how many examples do you see now of coaches that are doing things just to be nice that are going to be blessed because of that? So like, it was, it was awesome. It was a cool, it was a cool deal. So I hope to, hope to rep, replicate that in some fashion, you know, here coming up this summer. Absolutely, man. I yeah. think that's the deal about, like you said, with this profession is there's, there's so much that comes back in return that we can't quantify in a numerical sense. Um, but you just, when it, ha when something happens unexpectedly that, that you just get that sense of, of peace and, 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 you know, inexplicable joy, you know, that that's because of what you did previously. And you can't even specifically say, oh, it was because of this. No, cause it's just not how it works, but right. you know, you know, you've done things right when you get those blessings in return. Uh, however it might be, you know, for us, um, thankfully going through the, the, the 2020 season, we were relatively unscathed in terms of having to be quarantined. It, it got a little bit touchy towards the end. Um, and, and then in the spring, it kind of hit us a little bit harder, but, you know, we were able to make it through that season and, and not have to um, be the, the guilty party um, as often as some other, uh, teams that we faced were, you right. know, so that's whoever was, you know, watching church online or donating during chalk wars or whatever. Right. 
you know, thanks. It worked out. Um, you know, and for you to, to have started that and to be able to say in a time of, you know, economic hardship for a lot of people to say you were able to raise, uh, what you say? 11,000, right? Yep. Give, or, give or take. Yep. That's a significant amount of money in a time of so much uncertainty that yep. went, that went truly went to people that, uh, you know, have no idea who any of us probably are. Um, right. But, you know, whatever your contribution was, um, was awesome, you know, and I think the biggest deal is the fact that you didn't want to monetize it because I'm sure you got hit up about about it. And I'm sure it would have been an easy pitch to whoever, probably after the first week or two or as soon as you had to make the first upgrade to Zoom, um, you know, you had a captive audience. You had people were, in my opinion, one of the biggest deals about 2020 was you saw just how truly hungry intellectually coaches were. They were willing to buy, sit, do whatever for anything that they found value in content wise, right? Whether it was scheme, drill, culture, whatever they wanted it because it was there. Yep. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, having the perspective of um, having a job in the real world and then coming here, you know, I've always felt, because I was, I was in finance for seven years. And so it felt when I came in here, like I mentioned before, I didn't have any connections. And so I, I've been playing catch up my whole coaching career. Like, I feel like I'm behind, you know, I'm 37, but I feel like I'm like 27. I feel like I'm behind all these guys that have been coaching and the, the, the profession real or not to me was very secretive and clickish and, um, you know, difficult to, um, to learn more and, and to find out more. I mean, like when I first got in, when I first got in, like if I wanted to know what Rip Liz match coverage was, like you couldn't do it unless you had somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that was in there or whatever. Right. And now like you just put it, I mean, you can put it in YouTube and there's like 50 examples. Right. So like, like you're saying that, um, people have been very throughout this whole deal, uh, for whatever reason, it's been neat that there's been this arms race, uh, for good though. Right. Like, like, even the people that are monet- that have monetized it, like, are putting out incredible content, right? And I'm not trying to hate on people that do my like, you got to make money. I get it. And so I'm not trying to hate on people that do, but there's so much out there that, um, that was another part of it too, if I'm being completely honest. There's so much out there that unless you're, you have to figure out a way that you're separate, separating yourself from the other people. Like I look like Coach Vass, for instance, right? So like, he is selling a product. But his product is different, right? So he is giving away stuff that, that a lot of other people are doing, but his, his is different. He has changed it. He has, there's things about what he does that are different from what anybody does, right? Uh, but then on the flip side, there's also guys like, you know, Justin Grenadetti and, and you, and there's a, Ambrose and a bunch of people that are putting out info, uh, or stuff that's out there that's free. And so I don't know. There's, I think it's been really cool to see what you're talking about that people, there's been this just flood. Uh, I can get anything now. You type in LSU's playbook and you get it. You know, it's, it's really neat because what it's doing, I think, is it's separating the guys that are hungry, um, versus the guys that are just like worker bees. And you need them both in coaching, right? You need to have both. And so there's a place for all of it. But 
it is, I like it because there's no excuse now for you not to, not to be up with whatever you're doing, right? If you're going to do something before you could say, well, I didn't know it or whatever, you can kind of plead it ignorance. Now there's no excuse. You want to defend the triple option, you go to Coach Bass's deal and you buy his deal and it's there. You know, if you want to run the, you know, sidecar, whatever, like whatever you want to do, you can go out there right now and get, there's no excuse for you as a coach to plead ignorance to anything schematically. So pretty cool. Cool time to be in. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I, I'm able to, to have conversations um, consistently with, with high school coaches of mine. Um, one of which, you know, this, this man's written, um, co-written several books. Um, one of which he co-wrote with Rex Ryan on the 46 defense. Like, so, you know, it used to be you had to spend so much money to amass a small amount of knowledge. Right. And now, like you're saying, you don't even have to spend any money to get quality free stuff. Yep. Now, you know, when you do spend some money and you, and you are, um, I guess what's the judicious with your money or, or, or you're, you scrutinize intently where you're going to spend it. Um, it's like you said, you, you can truly for a small nominal fee get a lot. Um, and I know we've plugged coach Vass. Um, I'm assuming you've got it. I've got, um, one of his levels and just the defensive line, um, stuff drills that he has to me, for me was yeah. worth the financial investment. No uh, I haven't even, and I told him, I was like, I don't have time right now to dive down the rabbit holes that exist at the level in which I'm invested. Yeah. Uh, you no know, I know, I know guys, you know, they've got uh Kenny Simpson's um, flex bone stuff, yep. you know, and, and like you're saying, if you're going to see it or you're going to run it, there's no excuse not to know the ins and outs of it. It's, it, it's just, it's all there. Yep. Um. So, so let's rewind just a little bit. Uh, you've mentioned that you spent seven years in finance prior to coming to in, coming into coaching, um, but you know I, I I think we really we we I think the first time we had any interaction was probably on Adam Harvey's No Fly Zone chat, um, and then I just remember side texting Coach Harvey, and I was like, man, like like for me it's. Str- the way I measure people is, is not by how much they know, but, but by the questions that they ask and the way that you would ask questions or the way you would answer questions just intrigued me because it came from, from not necessarily just like an intellectual standpoint, but like a genuine curiosity. So I guess my question is one, what, what made you get out of finance and go into coaching? And two, right. I know you say that you haven't, you feel like you're behind, but to me at the same time, you've exceeded guys that have double digit years in coaching because of the way you approach the, the craft and, and the desire to learn that you have. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I think, well, let me answer the first part. So um, I, I've always been passionate about football. Um, I, I could, I'd be lying if I told you I wanted to be a coach as a kid. Uh, but I've always been big uh, in athletics and, and big in football. 
when it came time uh, to go to school and, and kind of pick your major and do that kind of stuff, at that point in my life, uh, if I'm being honest, money was, uh, was an important thing, was, was the most important thing for me. Uh, getting into something where I can make a lot of money. And I had interned uh, during high school with some financial advisors in El Paso and enjoyed my, my time there and kind of saw myself doing the rat race in New York and being a millionaire, right? And so I went to AM, I got a degree there. And then I, uh, after I graduated from AM, moved to New York and, you know, I didn't have any, any contacts there. Um, didn't know, I'd never been there before. Didn't like literally took the, worst job you could possibly take i was on a i was pitching stock on a on a on a sales desk literally like a, what's the movie boiler room like that kind of thing you're just sitting there you're treated like crap just calling people cold pot cold calling all day long and and worked my way up to a, good, a really good job but realized really quick that if you're not passionate about what you're doing you know people always say money can't buy happiness i disagree i think money can buy, buy happiness but I don't think it can do it for a long period of time. I think there's an expiration date on, on that. And I'm the kind of person that um, I, I've always kind of lived to my means, right? And so like anytime I got a raise, I would just go out more. I would uh, uh, spend more on dinner or I would get a bigger, big screen TV or whatever. I never, I never, uh, I wasn't a big saver. And I knew, I didn't envision myself staying in New York forever. Um, I knew I was going to come back to Texas. And so really, I wanted to live it up in New York um, while I was young, uh, knowing that I'd come back. And like I said, after about seven years, I was just worn out. I had, um, they had moved this, you know, I, I was in the financial industry, one of the worst times in financial history to be in the financial industry, um, you know, with, with all the bailouts and, you know, post 9-11. And it was, it was just a tough time to be in finance. And by the time um, I was ready to move, I was working in Connecticut and having to commute. My commute was like over three hours a day. It was, it was ridiculous. And at the time I told my fiance, my now wife, I said, you know, I, I got to get out of this. I got to get into football. And so I started going to night school in uh, New York because um, I didn't need it. I took some history when I was at A&M. So I started going to night school uh, to be eligible to teach. And then I have to, you know, I don't know if this works everywhere but in texas you have to take your your test in the state of texas so i flew back to san antonio um i flew from, san, uh, from uh, new york to san antonio to take a test and while i was here i had dinner with my cousin who lives here and her kids were going to a small christian school in uh, this small town outside san antonio called bernie and uh, she said hey you know i know i know it's probably not that sexy or whatever and um, you know, this is a small Christian school. This isn't big 6A Friday Night Lights, but I could, I could probably get you an interview. I know that they're, they're looking for a coach. And so I took the interview. I did well in the interview and, and, and really, really liked it. Um, the only problem was it was, uh, six man football, which I'm not sure if y'all, how much y'all know about that, but not very glamorous. And it was middle school, right? So it was, I went back to New York and told my wife, Hey, I got an interview. And I got offered this job. It's, it's, I'm coaching six man football in Bernie. Um, and, uh, they couldn't offer me a teaching, uh, stipend. So I was going to be, uh, like all the odd, odd jobs. I was in the field guy. I was a all time sub. I was the toll booth man. I was the this, that, or whatever. I think my first year I made like $13,000 or something. And so that was a huge step down from what I was doing in New York. And when my wife didn't leave me, 
when I told her that I wanted to make this move, I knew she was the one. <laughs> and uh, so I moved back and took that job and waited tables at nighttime to make ends meet. And a couple months later, she came down, got an apartment together and just kind of worked my way uh, up um, from the bottom again. I had confidence to do it because I had done a very similar thing in going to New York. And so I had confidence that I could do it um, because I did the, I'm going to a new city, I don't know anyone, and I'm, I'm getting in this profession. And so I, I just kind of bet on myself, you know, and I felt like if, if I put my passion and my competitiveness into it, then I would be successful. I've never, in my career, things have never gone how I've wanted them to, uh, but they've always worked out, if that makes sense, right? So like God has always, it's never been on my timing, if that makes sense, right? And so like, I have to guard against this why me attitude or, or like, or a, uh, an attitude of feeling like I deserve something because of accomplishment or because of how much I want it. Because like I said, in my life, things have never been in my career, things have never been on my timing, but they've always worked out how they should, right? Like I couldn't be happier where I am right now. And where I am right now is because of what, you know, how I got here, if that makes sense. Right. And so, um, that was a long answer to your first part of your question. The second part of your question um, was the question part. How did I, you know, why am I a question guy, right? And so because I feel like I'm playing catch up when I got this job or when I got, you know, I got the job doing six man. I know anything about six man, learned that game. Um, we did really good there, had a lot of success. And it got me this job here at the school on that and kind of had to start all over. Right? I had no experience coaching 11 man football. And so uh, my deal, right or wrong, I have no shame. I have no, I'd rather ask the question and look dumb than look cool and not ask the question. And so one of my many nicknames that I have here is questionable, right? And so because I, I ask, I'll ask every question and I hate, one of my pet peeves is people and a lot of coaches do this, um, they just do stuff because it's always been done that way, right? Why do we call this red? I don't know. The guy before me called it red. Why do we call, you know? And so when I got here, I annoyed the hell out of a lot of people um, because I wanted to know why and I wanted there to be a thought process and a rationale to it. Well, why are we doing it that way, right? And so um, I was fortunate to be given responsibility of the sub-varsity uh, defense when I got here. And you know, and, and also fortunate that the head coach allowed me to make that my baby. And so we did really good um, because we had really good players, but also I, because I think we did, we did a good job of coming up with a system that was, that made sense and had a, a, a rational thought process to it. And so like right off the bat in my coaching experience, um, you know, I learned that the more you know about whatever it is you're coaching, the better off you're going to be. And how are you going to know more, especially if you don't have a background in it, you didn't play college ball, your daddy's not the head football coach, you know, all this, how am I going to know more if, unless I ask questions? And so I guess I've become pretty good at asking questions. And, uh, and, and then I lean on guys like Adam Harvey and, and all these guys that, that, uh, that I would bring on Chalk Wars or, you know, my coaching little community circle. I ask them a ton of questions because, um, 
I have no shame. If I don't know something about something, I'd rather ask it than not know it. And I think that's the, the main reason why I do that is because I feel like I'm playing catch up, right? I feel like all these other people know about this stuff and I don't. And so I don't know. There's a long winded, long winded answer, but that's, I guess that's why I am the way I am with questions. Oh, I love that, man. I love the fact <clears throat> that you've bet on yourself a couple of different times. Um, you know, you, you've, you know, to, to have humbled yourself to go down to six man, you know, not a lot of coaches would even consider doing that, um, to go to, a, to go to two different places where you really knew nobody to an extent, especially in New York and to, to, you know, climb the ladder and then to do it here in Texas, um, you know, because it's not easy to, to climb ranks in, in, in the state, right? right. Um, a lot of it comes down to who you know, oh. um, and but but I think the biggest deal too is because you have that curiosity and because you kind of you know for I guess lack of a better term have that chip on your shoulder, right? You know, not to say that you're arrogant or anything like that, but more because just like you said, you would rather ask and look dumb than you know keep your mouth closed and prove how you know, prove your, your lack of, you know, and I think that's an unfortunate ego thing in a lot of coaches, both young and old, right? Young guys think they know a lot more than they really do. Old guys think they know a lot more than they, than they want to share or even really what they, what they know. And I'm with you. Like if the answer is because we've always done it that way and it's not, it's one thing if it's like, we've always done it that way and we're always getting this great result, which yep. most of the time is not the truth, right? You're only going to get that same exact result for so long before eventually you have to change up something. Yeah. Um, but if that's your answer, like to me, that's just laziness. And it goes back to exactly what we said, you know, towards the very beginning of at this point in coaching, there is no excuse for ignorance. There's too right. much information out there. There's too many resources there's too many people willing to help you and ask for nothing in return like it you know the amount of people that you and i networked with over the last calendar year to just be able to text them in a moment's notice or, or shoot them a dm that's an unfathomable thing in my opinion from just a couple of years ago no right? doubt no doubt um, and the level at which these people are at, not just high school, but college. Um, I know I'm sure some guys have made professional connections that just would have never happened. Um, heck, we got you got freaking Wade Phillips that was offering his, op, you know, uh, just offering himself to to jump on people's zooms, and we got a, we, yep. I, you know, I took a shot and got him on our on our staff meeting one day, and um, you know, he just started talking for. 45 minutes and I was like holy <laughs> shit man yep. freaking not just a a, a, a Texas legend but a, a, a coach yeah, legend a hall of famer to to do that and the things that like Kurt Warner's doing yep. like that's just so awesome but you know you look at those people and Kurt Warner's a self-made guy right he took took a chance on himself and you know yeah um Wade Phillips is the son of, of a coach but he still had to get his teeth cut and he, he would be the first to tell you, like he had to earn his due. It wasn't, 
it wasn't just handed to him. He had to earn it. And I mean, shoot, he's been fired several times from, from high profile right. jobs after doing a good job. No doubt. So, it, it, you know, to me, it's like you said, there's no excuse for ignorance. There's no excuse for asking questions. Um, you know, I think it's the same thing that we tell our, our students, you know, just ask there, yep. there might be a dumb question, but you're dumber for not asking than you are for asking. It's not, it's not just coaching or football. I mean, it's, I think it's just human nature. You don't want to look dumb, you know, everyone, you know, I felt this in finance. There were several people, you know, myself, there are times where I didn't know. And so I wouldn't ask or I wasn't, I didn't contribute because I didn't know. And so, you know, if I'm going to be fully invested in this profession and especially, I don't know, I feel like defensively from like a paranoia aspect of having to defend everything. Like, I feel like I have to have as many tools as I possibly can to solve all these problems. And so the only way I'm going to have any chance is by asking. And I'm doing my kids a disservice if I'm not spending as much time as I can um, coming up with the best possible ways uh, that, that we can accomplish, you know, you know, best, the best way we can solve these problems. And so um, it's just, you know, and then I get the added benefit of I'm really interested, right. You know, they always say, find something you're passionate about. And so like, you know, I'm passionate about uh, learning. And so I, I don't look at the clock when I'm doing chalkboard because I'm hearing from, you know, Jay Wilson about, you know, secondary technique or whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, it makes it easy. So it's uh, been a good deal. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback off what you're talking about in terms of having tools in the tool belt. Um, I'll ask, I'll ask you two questions kind of related to that. One, uh, I think I know the answer, but I, I want to hear it for you, you know, to you, in your opinion, you know, what's harder to be a good defensive coordinator or be a good offensive coordinator. And two, how do you ensure that all the tools that you have aren't just a collection of said tools right. to display, but you can, act, you know, cause we've both seen guys that have a lot of tools in the toolbox and they all look shiny and new, but they don't function for shit. Right. So how do you ensure that the tools that you give your kids when you're game planning Saturday and Sunday and you start going out on the field on Monday and Tuesday, you don't have to just go, oh, shit, we can't do that. We can't like you want to be able to say yes more than you're after to say no. So how do you ensure that your kids are able to do those things? All right. So these are two hot topics. You hit me with the, the <laughs> I'm in trouble, brother. All right. So I only cut. All right. So I'll preface this by saying. I've never coached six, uh, six, a, uh, offense, right? I coached offense when I was coaching six man football, which is quite different, but I've, so I'll preface my answer with, I've never coached offense. I'm sure it's very hard, uh, to come up with your favorite scheme and, and run it. But to me, there's no doubt that it is more difficult, uh, to coach defense because of what I just said, the possibility of, of anything or just having to defend from week to week, uh, you know, flex bone, air raid, uh, you know, power RPO that, that like every week it's a new, it's an onslaught of, uh, and not that offense is not to deal with different defenses, but I think it's, 
the changes could be much more drastic week to week from what we see defensively. And I don't know if it's just me, or, you know, my my personality, but I, you know, I when I'm game planning, you know, the majority of the stuff that we run is going to be what I think good against anything, right? And so for it to be good against anything, um, you have to draw up every single play. You have the possibility, well, what if they do this? What if they do that? I'm not saying you don't do that on offense, but, you know, I think on defense, there's a lot more of that. And so don't think offense is easy, but I will say I think defense uh, uh, is harder to coach. I think the hardest thing is offensive line. Is that fair? How about that? Offensive line is the hardest, but I think if it's defense or offense, I think defense is, is more difficult. Um, second part of your question, uh, I think was like, how much is too much? Um, you know, walking the fine line of, uh, jack of all trades, master of none type of thing. Um, I have tended in my, and I've only been coaching for 10 years, but I have tended to be on the, um, having a little bit too much side than having too little, right? If, if we screw up in a game because I went into it with too much on the call sheet, I'd rather that be the case than me go into a game and, and us lose because I don't have enough, right? I've been on both sides of that. Our last game this year, our last playoff game, I felt in retrospect that I didn't have enough, uh, bullets in the gun, right? I didn't have enough answers to what, what we got, right? And I think that played a big part in why we, why we lost. And so I would, I would rather have too much than too little. And it is a fine line. Um, one of my big projects this offseason um, has been developing um, what I'm calling calling my menu. Um, and I was already starting to do something like this. And then I heard, uh, I don't know if it was a podcast, I think it was a YouTube video that, uh, that Nick Davis did, um, Spread D guy. Uh, so Nick Davis does like, I don't know if, you, if y'all don't know him, he's phenomenal. Um, another chalk war vet as well. Uh, but he, he did uh, a deal on, on their call sheet, but basically coming up, you kind of look at uh, treat defense, like, uh, offensive guys treat offense, right? So offensively you have a playbook and the call sheet, right? That goes into the game and defensively, you know, we, I've always had a call sheet as well, right? But, um, I have not carried a playbook defensively, right? And, I have a lot of answers for situations within our defense, right? So if you said, how do you, what are some of the ways that you can defend uh, a badass solo receiver? Well, I have a bunch of different ways that I can solve that problem, right? Or how do you solve uh, a problem of uh, uh, running back that's a receiving, or whatever it is, right? You have your answers, but I, at least me, I have never um, put it all down in one place, right? And so what I've, what I did is I went back and I looked at um, the last three years of, uh, of our plays. So I broke down every play for the last three years that we did and basically said, I broke it, broke it down into categories, right? So these are all, and I can go into more detail with you later on this, but basically these are all the runs, these are all the passes within each pat within the pass group. These are the types of concepts. These are the types of runs. Um, these are broadly speaking, the types of formations, these are the situations, right? And then asking yourself, go through each of those categories and ask yourself, what is the best, what do I have on my call sheet? What do I have at my disposal to solve uh, three by one gun strong, 
what are my, what, are, what coverages do I like versus three by one gun strong um, versus what we saw in the last three years, right? So like you may love Rip Liz match or you may love Tampa or you may love Man Free, but what, was that the best call to make having reviewed your last three, three years of that, right? So like you go back and look at three years of three by one gun strong, maybe you didn't get any of it or maybe you got very little of it. Well, if you got very little of it, when you look at your menu, you don't need, I don't think, you shouldn't have a ton of stuff on your menu, right? For three by one gun strong. If you got a lot of it, then you need to have answers, right? Um, when you do your breakdown. So like, this is all, it's, I guess it's similar to like an annual breakdown at the end of season analysis. So I, but I did it over a couple of years to kind of basically say, what do I need? What is the world of, of ways that I've been attacking for years? And what do I want in my arsenal to solve those problems? And so I'm creating, I'm in the process still of creating this menu that in theory, I can hand this, this sheet, this master menu to a new coach that joins our staff, right? And he can, like a robot, look at the menu and say, how do we stop uh, a badass solo receiver? Um, what are the ways we can do that? Well, these are the three different ways that we have in our system of doing it, right? And so whatever the situation is, in theory, I have answers to that. What is Coach Arafat's favorite coverage, the three by one done strong, based off of what we've seen? What is Coach Arafat's best five-man pressure versus half slide? What's his best six-man pressure versus full slide? What's his best uh, creeper? What's his best simple? What's his best whatever, right? So, like, um, I think by doing this, um, it's going to help me, A, see how many times am I in the situations where I'd actually even call this play, right? Um, B, do I have overlap? Like, is there coverage that's good versus multiple things or only good versus one thing? And then see um, it, it, it's pinpointing how much I'm going to want to call something so I can know how much I need to drill it and how much I need to practice it. And so it, it, what it's done is it shined light on weaknesses in my, my defensive package. Hey, you don't have enough answers versus a dual threat quarterback um, RPO gap scheme, or you don't have enough answers versus uh, end of the game, two minute situation, whatever it is. Or you have way too many uh, three by one coverages, or you have way too many five man pressures, or you have way too many whatever. And so I think this is going to be a good way for me to not do what you're saying, where I'm not going to have uh, master of all, or was it uh, jack of all trades, master of none situation. I will have enough in my scheme to solve the problems that I could see in the course of a year, uh, but not have too much, right? And so my plan right now, um, in COVID world last year, we had to play sub-varsity games on Saturday. So we would play varsity on Friday night and then sub-varsity on Saturday. So the whole staff was gone on Saturday, right? They weren't doing normal breakdown like we normally do on Saturdays. And so we really just had Sunday to come up with the game plan for the following week. And so what Monday became last year was more of a fundamental Monday indie um, cleaning up stuff because we really didn't have a lot of the game plan stuff until Tuesday, right? And so what my plan is, I, and we were able to do this. Like, I didn't think that was possible to prepare for a game in two days like we did, but we were able to and we were real successful. And so what we're going to try this year is Mondays for us will be menu Mondays, okay? And so on Monday, we're not going to be doing anything um, 
well, uh, we will we will be focusing on the menu, I should say. Right? There may be stuff on the menu that we will run that week, but the focus of Monday's practice is I'm going to review at least one or two reps of all of our three by one coverages, all of our five man pressures. So we'll literally have a five man, a 10 minute station with we're running nothing but our five man pressures versus half side, full side, big on big, whatever it is, right? And so we're reviewing in theory every call that's on the menu. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the game on Friday, we are calling our favorites from the menu. And then on Friday night, like say we we love this, we love this five man pressure all week, but it sucks. They change their protection or we're not getting it done or whatever. Well, now on Friday night, I'm not drawing something in the dirt or I'm not having to wait till halftime to, hey guys, remember this, this pressure, you know, whatever. Right? So in theory, hopefully, they will have at least the reps that we did on on every Monday throughout the year and what we're doing all summer long and what we did a lot of the spring, right? And so um, hopefully this off-season project that I've been working on, this menu deal, is going to help guard against those situations that you're talking about where we have too much or too little um, uh, of, of something in our, our defense. Better mon- make sure you monetize this. <laughs> well, you know, having it's funny because <laughs> – so like I was real excited about it, right? And um, because it sounds it sounds like why isn't everybody doing this, right? Oh yeah, it's it, it's it's a as you're describing it, it's it's just time consuming. It's not hard. It's just time consuming. It is a pain in the ass, but I'll tell you, like everyone, what I when I share this, you know, with all my buddies, or not all of them, like, every time I share this with somebody, they're like, oh yeah, well we do something like that, right? Everyone does something like this, right? I admittedly do, uh, have done a terrible job. This really all started in season self scout. I've done a terrible job. I've been personally, I've been all in on that week's opponent, right? Um, all during the year, off season. Yeah. By week. Yeah. Um, if there's a, a glaring problem, yeah, we'll solve that problem. But the majority, vast majority of my focus in season is on the next week's opponent. I have not done a good job of self-scouting. And so the the bear of this uh, endeavor is right now because I'm trying to do three years of nothing, right? But what we're going to do going forward on the weekend, sorry, on the weekend, uh, uh, assistants on our staff are going to be filling in the stuff that I'm doing right now. Over So like at the end of the year, at, during, at any point in the year, um, they, you know, someone can say, Hey, we haven't, we don't have anything on the menu for this problem, right? Because we haven't seen it or, you know, what are we going to do? Or, Hey, this is this, this team that we play that's in our district every year. They run the same scheme against us. They're doing the same thing again, you know, whatever. And so I think the, the lion's share of the work is right now because I haven't been keeping up with it. But once I'm like keeping up with it every week, um, it won't be that big of a deal. Um, and like I said, everyone, that I talked to was like, yeah, we, we do something very similar to that in our end of year analysis. But I'm like, dude, why don't we do this like weekly? Right. And so I think it's going to have a bunch of, uh, unintended benefits. One of them being, um, we don't have to wait till the bye week or the end of the year to self scout. And, you know, how many times did you, have you finished the season? At least I have, you know, since I've been in DC for four years now, every year at the end of the year, I'm like, I love this blitz. Why am I calling more? Or man, I ran the hell out of this, but I didn't realize I was calling it this many times. Or 
this blitz wasn't successful, this coverage sucked, or whatever it was. And so in theory, I'm hoping that by doing this, it'll help me better uh, realize those things sooner. Um, and, and, and like you said, cut the fat and um, not have too much on the call sheet. Yeah, you know, and, and as you were talking, I had the question that I was going to ask and you hit on it uh, in terms of what your intended benefits were. And, and the biggest deal for me was as I, as you're going over it, in my mind, I'm envisioning the the practice application of it because the deal yeah. is practice time is, is extremely finite, yep. right? We, you and I uh, don't have the luxury of indoor facilities. Right. So if, if weather's coming, you either got to go to the gym, you got to, you got to change. You don't have, you can't just move inside and keep it rolling. Right. right. So to have that deal, because the, because the other thing that I think COVID kind of taught people is that you could get a lot of good results with less than what you realized you needed. Absolutely. Right. You know, we were lifted as little as we did. In yes. the I mean, last year we lifted very, very little yeah. and we thought we were going to die, but we never lost the game because we got out muscled. And I don't know if that made us because no one was looking. I don't know. But that, you're totally right. There are so many things that we, you know, we found out that were kind of like uh, we just accepted in the coaching world as, well, this is this, is this way because it's always been this way, that um, there was a lot of things in the COVID scheduling and the COVID thought process that I'm going to continue on in post-COVID world. And that, you know, um, that they were really good. Right. And, and that's one of them. Like we realized, um, we don't need as much time and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's cause we had great players and this is all stupid idea and we'll find out next year. But, um, for us, I think it's going to be a cool deal. Um, this, this menu idea. I, you know, and, and, and I like it because, you know, as I dive into, you know, you talk about you, you feeling like you're behind from a coaching standpoint with the game of football, like, you know, I, I know that I, I don't, there's so much, particularly with the back end that I don't know. And I'm not saying I, I, I know everything with the, with the front, but I've spent more of my career sure. working with D line and linebackers. So I, I have more understanding of it because I'm working around it. The back end for me is extremely foreign. And it's, um, well, this kind of stuff would be awesome yeah. for your situation because like, I mean, how many times to say nothing of, of your situation, guys that just have spent the majority of their career coaching, whatever, and not spend like, yes, that's going to help you. I mean, right now you don't have to know shit about the defense, but Hey, these are the three coverages that we like versus spread or what, or these are the two coverages that we like versus sprint out teams or whatever it is. Like you can literally like Madden look at a sheet and say, this is what we're doing um, this week. Or, or you can tell your sub, you know, your JV coach, Hey, I only want this five man pressure. If you're going to run it, this is the only one we're going to run. Right. So it's going to help guys like you. But I think the other thing that is at least going to help our staff with, I mean, how many times have you argued on it for like an hour on a Sunday over whether a pressure is going to work or not work? Right. Or whether, um, you know, we should install this coverage that I saw or this blitz is just like what I saw on Monday Night Football, but it's a little bit different or, Whatever, right? Like how many times I mean, your staff may be different than mine, but how many times we spend a lot of time, you know, 
well, not a lot. We spend too much time um, debating and arguing and, and thinking about what we should do um, on the weekend. And my thought process is with this, the time for suggestions and the time for the arguments and the time for all that stuff is from the start of spring football to um, you know whenever the season starts, uh, September, right? It is. This is open season for show me all your six man pressures, five man pressures, sims, creeper. Come up with your coverage, whatever. If you want to suggest something, go for it. This is your time. Everyone on my staff, this is your time to come up with it, right? And we'll debate it, and we can argue over it, and we can, you know, we're we're going to do that now when we're fresh and we all like each other and our wives don't hate us and we're in oh not under the gun, right? We're going to do that now. But once the season starts. The menu is the menu. So that's why I say it's kind of like offense. Like at the end, every offense, right? They do what they do. They tweak it a little bit every week, but they do what they do. This is what I'm going to do. These are the five, these are the three five man pressures I like versus half slide. These are the three six man pressures I like. These are the whatever. And this is not up for debate. We've already had that time. We've already gone through, we've already drawn up all. What are we doing empty? What are we doing this? What are we doing that? We've already figured it out. We already figured out the, the language system, the signal system, the call system. The kids have already done it all summer long. We've done it to seven on seven. We've done it's all in there. We are doing this, right? This is what we're doing. And if you want to have a suggestion time, you know, and, and we're not going to have the halftime arguments. Oh, that I, I, I told you that pressure sucked, right? Like we're not, that's, we're not, it's, it's done, right? So like the menu is the menu. And so uh, I'm making my staff, my staff sound awful, but. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like those, situ- hopefully, those situations will not arise because we've all agreed, right? And and hopefully, like game planning, we'll literally be like, all right, let's pull out the menu. Um, you know, this week, uh, all right, there are 75% uh, spread. Uh, when it's the back is offset strong, they're you know 50% run, 50% whatever it is. And so we're like, what do we like versus zone? Uh, this is what we like. What do we like versus gap? This. What do we like versus isolation passes? What do we like versus, you know, um, vertical uh, passing uh, uh, concepts? This, you know, whatever it is. And so, in theory, it's going to be puppy dogs and ice cream next year. We'll see if it uh, ends up being that way. <laughs> no, man, but but that that's that's great. And I think it's one. I think it's great that you're giving your coaches an opportunity to have input in the menu, right? it's funny you're talking about it and and as you're talking and getting, you know, passionate about it. um, I go back to one of my favorite movies, chef, right. With John Favreau, where he's, he's the, you know, and not, and not the scene where he melts down in front of the writer, uh, but the scene where he's got, he he comes in, he's got all these ingredients. He's going to make all this new menu because the writer had just come in and written this terrible review and he's, you know, he goes, you shit on my shit or whatever. He's like, well, I'm going to blow him away. And the owner comes in and goes, nope, we got a packed house. This is the menu you're going to cook. And he goes, you know, if you go to see a Rolling Stones concert and they don't play Satisfaction, yeah. are yeah. you upset? And, you know, in, in your mind, you're like, well, shit, yeah. Like, right. that's that's one of my, I want to hear them say. So for you to talk about, look. We can have this time and, and opportunity for discussion and doing it now where you can start to work 
the and and I, I'm sure a lot of the fact of this is what we're now allowed to do in the summer that we weren't allowed to do previously, Absolutely. right? We get that kind of coaching extension for better or worse. Um, you know, cause I, I know that there's split parties on it, but regardless, you have the opportunity. So what you did in spring can carry into the summer. You don't have to lose anything per se in theory. So then by the time you get to fall, you, you, you there's no reason why you shouldn't have everything in. No doubt, no doubt. This this past spring was the the least amount that I've installed in a spring since I've been coaching. Because what you're saying, I knew I had the whole summer, all all, all that skills time all summer long, right? And so I know not every state has that, so it is what it is with those. But like you're saying, like with us, we're fortunate enough where, you know, what is that up to an hour now? Like every day, like you yeah. can. So it's like um, with all that skills time, um, if there's some fancy coverage that we want to to tinker with or try to shoot holes in or, or whatever. Uh, there's no excuse not for that. I mean, we should be doing that all spring, all summer, seven on seven, whatever. But yeah, in theory, once we get to the, to week one, I mean, obviously there's, there are outliers, right? There's maybe some offense that you've never faced or, or whatever, but the by and large, the, the meat of our package will be on the menu. Um, and, and hopefully uh, there'll be some recall there um, for, for the kids. Well, you know, and I'm really intrigued by your your your, your menu Monday and, and getting those consistent reps um, uh, of of the things that you already have installed. Yeah. So that they stay not so far in the back of these kids' minds because they're they're no different than us in that every day that when they show up to practice. You actually don't know where football is on the brain for everybody. No we we love this game as coaches, but it doesn't mean that outside life doesn't have an impact on how we're feeling or whatever. You know, you but, you've got uh, what two boys, right? Uh, so I have three, and my wife is pregnant. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 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 I, for you, every day is going to be you're all, you're going to be a hundred percent invested because that's who you are and that's your job, but. You can't tell me that at some point in in practice or in preparation, you're not wondering, is everything okay? Like, no especially if you're in a place where you're you're not close to family, right? right? And, and you're in a brand new staff or whatever. Like, it just happens. You you these kids they break up with their yep. flavor of the month, and you show up to practice, and it may be the best damn practice they've ever had in their life, or maybe the absolute worst. Right. Um, and so before you shit can something, like you said, they've at least repped it on one day, you fine tune it over the next few days. And so then by Friday, you're, you know, you're ready to go. And if you have to switch to something, like you said, they've in theory repped it at least once during the week. Yep. Um, obviously easier said than done. Um, yeah. you know, and if this was a hundred percent foolproof, uh, Matt would be, uh, so far out of reach for this podcast, like I'd be paying him to come on here. I should still pay you to come on here because of the knowledge that you just dropped in the last like 30 minutes we've been talking about this. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it is simple. It's difficult to execute to an extent, but it's, it's the answer that's right in front of your face, in my opinion, because yeah. like you're saying, 
this is something that we should all be doing. I think um, I think in some fa- uh, some form or fashion, everyone's doing something like this, right? I, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I can see his Twitter profile. Uh, this coach uh, tweeted just the other day uh, where he was talking about his package. Um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank, but where everything in his package has um, like a why, what, when to it, right? And he wants to have a drill for every everything he does. And he wants to um, have those go into the season with all that already being there. So like, I think, you know, that's very similar to what I'm talking about, right? So like, it's, I think it's out there. And I think in some way, everyone's doing something like this. But for us, you know, like for example, we, we have a, a three by one coverage that I really like versus uh, certain types of concepts, uh, low outbreaking. So like, uh, Calm horizontal stretch, right? So I got all my, my past categories from a Dave Aranda playbook, but, um, so past concepts that are horizontal, horizontal stretch past concepts. Um, there's a coverage that I love to it, but that's really the only time I like that coverage, right? And so we'll rep that coverage in the, in the past. You rep in the spring, right? You, you install it in Indy, you, you know, give them drill work, you teach them how to get out of bad situations, you run it in Pascal. You do it in team for a week, right? And then at the end of the week, you feel good about it. All right, it's in the system, right? Done. And then what happens, right? Like three weeks go by because week one, you're playing a flexible team. Week two, you're playing a 12 personnel power team, you know, whatever. And then finally you get to week four and you're like, oh, you know, I want to run that coverage. Well, now what do you have to do? You have to teach it in India again. You have to run it in Pascal again. Someone, like you're saying, someone's hurt. Someone broke up with a girlfriend. Someone's knocked out from COVID. Whatever it is, and I'm having... I'm having to basically reinstall this thing again for one week. And then things are going to go in the back of the playbook again for you know, another couple of weeks. Well, in theory, hopefully what this, what the menu Mondays will do is it'll either tell me, Hey, I need to not run this at all because once every three weeks is not worth it. Or if you are going to keep it, it, is it, you know, if you're going to burn those calories, we're going to rep it. The kids, the starters, at least hopefully the whole varsity gets one rep, whatever. Well, like as little as it is, just so they don't look like I'm speaking Mandarin Chinese when I call cut coverage, you know, out of nowhere. And so in theory, um, that re- like recall Monday will be, um, you know, it'll solve those problems. So we'll see. I don't know. I think it'll be good. Um, if nothing else, it's, it, if nothing else, if it doesn't help in, in any of the ways that we've talked about, if nothing else, at the very least, it's going to help me um, cut the fat in my, my call sheet. And it's going to help shine the light on on things that I need to have that I don't have enough of. No, oh, I love it, man. So, if if listeners can't already figure it out, we'll we're going to set up a a, a postseason analysis, and we're going to go over go. the menu. Like we we have to, man. You've yeah. already set it up. I'm intrigued. I'm bought in. So I may bother you every week and just go, okay, how is this progressing? And I mean, shit. I'm I'm probably gonna pitch this idea to my head coach and and you know our our DC and just say, hey, okay, you know, you know, in the spring, it's different, right? You every day's a recall day because you don't have an opponent to to game plan for, and you don't right. game. You shouldn't game plan for your own offense. Like that, just that's kind of silly. Like just go just go play, right? The idea is not to beat the shit out of each other spring ball wise. It's just to get better at the skills that we need going into the season. At least that's, that's my thought process with it. But, you know, into the summertime, I want to, you know, 
because I, I actually made a scaled down version of, of, of the playbook just pertaining to the front and stuff. And I emailed it to our defensive line. Um, and I told him, I was like, okay, every day in the summer, I, I'm either going to get on the board or I'm going to hand you a piece of paper, but we're going to cognitively keep this here in, in, in the mind and in the consideration. So it's either we're going to rep it physically or we're going to talk about it mentally, but it's right. going to be there because right. what I don't want to happen, which is like we said with kids, especially teenagers, you get to summer, last day of school, the brain is completely shut off. Going to go into yeah. summer mode. Yeah, whatever. I'll pick it back up on, on August. And then you're all the way back to square one of spring ball the first week of summer, you know, fall camp in August, you know, especially if you, if you ended up playing the, you know, and doing padded practices this year, it's even to potentially even tougher depending on how many guys were in and out due to COVID or injuries. Um, You know, you just, you got to rep it. Uh, So like you said, it's, it's at least not foreign to them in the event that we have to call it in a game. Yeah. In theory, they'll, they'll, in theory, there'll be no surprises, right? Like anything that you call, would be something that there's been some, and maybe very little, but there's, you, there's, you're not speaking a foreign language, then. yeah. So, yeah, we shall see, my friend. Well, I love it, man. I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna finish it there. Leave a little bit of a cliffhanger for 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 the future. Um, but real quick, man, you know, take a second, shout out, um, you know, how people can get a hold of you because I, I have, I've been willing to bet that. Uh, after this episode comes out, they're going to want to know more about this menu thing, or they're going to want to know, uh, you know, potentially about your all 22 or whatever. So, so what's the easiest way for people to get a hold of you and where do they need to tune into, uh, to hear updates on chalk wars? Yeah. So, uh, Twitter is the best way for me. Um, at Matt Arafat, M-A-T-T-A-R-R-U-F-A-T is my Twitter. I'm the only, I think I'm the only Arafat on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at least only Arafat in Texas. Um, but yeah, at Matt Arafat, uh, DM me. Um, um, if you're interested in, in doing a chalk war, um, there's also an account for chalk war, uh, at chalk war. If you are interested and don't know what Pete and I are talking about with, with chalk war, I have an archive, um, of all the chalk wars that we did last season, um, in the bio on my, on my Twitter. So you can watch them there. Um, but, you know, with, with the chalkboard stuff, shoot me a DM if you want to do it. If, if you're interested, if you know someone, I, I can't tell you how many guys I've met uh, because they were recommended by somebody. Uh, I think Pete actually was recommended to me by somebody else. And so, like, there's so many people that I I now know because they were recommended by somebody else. And so, um, yeah, hit me up on Twitter is, is the best way to, to get at me. Uh, what was the second part of your question? Uh, no, I, that was it. Uh, you know, just, but yeah, hit me up, guys. Yeah. I, I, Everything I've learned, like I said, uh, it's because I've annoyed the heck out of people. I really haven't come up with anything and and anything that I have come up with on my own. It's been copied from somebody else or inspired by somebody else. Like this whole mini thing was inspired by Nick Davis. And so like, um, I'm, I'm just like every other coach, just kind of stealing everyone's stuff and trying to find what fits best in our system. And so, uh, Pete, I I really appreciate you having me on. I know uh, it's been just a long time coming and. And I appreciate you staying on me uh, to come on this. And I, I can't tell you uh, how fortunate I feel to, to speak to you and, and have this platform to talk to people. And if anyone ever has any questions, please, please hit me up. I'm, I'm not one of those coaches. 
um, that, uh, that says hit me up and then, and then doesn't respond. So I, I try my best to get back to you guys. So if there's ever anything I can do to help anybody um, in any way, please hit me up. And if I don't know the answer, I will ask somebody for you and, and try to get you get you an answer. Heck yeah, man. No, I, I, the, the feeling's mutual. I'm very glad that we finally got a chance to do this. I'm glad that you uh, didn't feel too big time to come on here. Um, I, you know, I had, I had one ace in the hole if I needed to, to make the call to get your tail on here, but, uh, I think, you know, who I'm talking about, but I didn't have to resort to that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, you and I've had a lot of conversation, uh, this off season about a lot of different things. I'm, I'm happy that, um, I'm happy that I was able to help you. I'm even more honored that you even thought to ask me particularly, like I said, I, you know, I'm like you, like I, I, I know a few things, nothing of mine is, is truly mine. It's been inspired by somebody else. And, um, you know, I, I hope people get as much out of this episode as I just got. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fired up, uh, already for the season. Not that I wasn't already, but just, this was, this was a great, uh, great deal, man. And, you know, I look forward to, uh, to following, continuing to follow your career. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows what the cards hold. Uh, we might be able to be fortunate enough to work together one day. I, I'd be right. happy to uh, to be a part of your staff. Yeah, don't forgive me when you get the, the big job. Don't Whatever, me, man. You're going to get there before I will. But, <laughs> uh, but, brother, thank you, man. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And, uh, and we'll be seeing you real soon here in, uh, for sure in San Antonio for coaching school. Absolutely. Yeah, hit me up, man. We'll do something. Hope you enjoyed today's episode with Coach Matt Arafat. Hope you're able to get some great knowledge and uh, some great ideas. Look forward to talking more with Coach Arafat in the future. Guys, if you can, please find uh, on some charity to uh, to give to. I know just a little bit goes a long way. Uh, we're all in this for something greater than ourselves. Uh, Coach Matt Arafat is a, is a great, shiny example of, of what it means to be uh, a steward and, and a good follower as well as uh, what it is to, to give back uh, and to receive after being so, so blessed. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google play podcast, wherever you get your podcast fix from ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world.